0: Hi, I'm Wayne Rogers, and I invite you to Meet Me at the Mountain. This is Episode 2 of Meet Me at the Mountain, and I want to thank you for checking out this podcast and any and all of the podcasts that are located on the Scattered Abroad Network. I'm grateful to have this opportunity to work with Scattered Abroad and to have you along for this journey over the mountain. In our last episode, we talked about a disciple's climb up the mountain, and even many of the people who have helped me along this journey So having come to that mountain, I want to back up just a little bit and talk about the Lord's church for a moment. This episode is entitled, The Lord's Mountain. Entitled that after Isaiah's prophecy concerning the coming kingdom, the coming church that Christ was going to bring about by His death. Acts 20, verse 28 reminds us that He shed His blood to purchase the church. The Lord's Mountain, Isaiah 2, verses 2 and 3. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. I want to focus on the fact that verse 3 says, He will teach us His ways, and we will walk in His paths. Mount Zion is that mountain upon which Jerusalem sat. The Church of Christ would begin in Jerusalem, and we'll look at that in just a moment. But Isaiah's prophecy said that there would be teaching that would take place, implying that there would be a learning that would be on the part of those who would now begin to walk in His paths. We have to be taught the paths to walk. I remember early on having Bible studies, initially learning the truth about God, about His Son Jesus, and what He had done by dying on the cross, that He might save me from my sins. I remember eventually feeling so convicted because of my own sin and and the guilt of my sin that I was ready to do whatever. Just, Just tell me what to do. But instead of just saying you should do this or do that, I remember that I was simply taken to the next passage of Scripture and given that opportunity to read it and answer that question for myself. In other words, learning how to walk in His ways, learning the path that I should take according to the lord it's his way remember and after learning those initial steps to be taken to be added to the church such as believing in jesus john 3:16 a verse that we likely know very well god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life john 3:16 we sometimes call it the golden text of the bible because it is just that, it is, it is so valuable in reminding us and telling us something about what God has done for us, that He so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son to die for us, that we might have everlasting life. Jesus later would say, therefore I, I say to you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins, John 8 and verse 24 those initial steps like confessing that belief that I believe Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus makes the statement, Therefore, who confesses me before men, and will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven? And then we read where Paul wrote to the church at Rome a letter of faith and, and really about that system of faith, the gospel system of faith. He says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10 and verse 10. Those initial acts like repenting of sin. Acts 17, verse 30. Truly this time of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Because He has appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom He has ordained, in that he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Like those initial acts of being baptized for the remission of sins. In Acts chapter 2, Peter said to them, verse 38, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41, those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Verse 47, kind of giving a summary of the whole day's events, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord's church, then, is found in Acts chapter 2. In Isaiah's prophecy, some 700-plus years before the time of Christ, naturally leads us to Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. Our Lord had died just before Passover began. And here is now another feast day associated with the Old Testament law of Moses where the Jews would come to Jerusalem for worship, devout Jews out of every nation under heaven, Acts 2 and verse 5, And so Peter, with the 11, preaching the gospel, preaching a message of the death, the burial, the resurrection, even the ascension of Jesus Christ, and he connects that message then with what Joel had spoken would happen, making the the coming kingdom of the Messiah, saying, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And and wow, 3,000 souls respond to the gospel that day by being immersed in water for the remission of sins. And there it was. There was the answer. What must I do to be saved? I've got to believe this same message. I've got to repent of sin. I've got to be baptized to be saved, to be one of those saved that were added to the church, Acts 2 and verse 47. Not to some denominational group, but simply to the church that the Lord started there in Jerusalem in the first century. The same that was prophesied by Isaiah, the same that was prophesied by Joel, Joel 2, verses 28 to 32, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, and numerous other prophets. It's the only one spoken of in Scripture. But what a trek. What a journey to get there. And I remember being baptized into Christ in my brother-in-law's pool by Ray Young and just... A feeling being as if being lifted out of a pit of despair, if you will. Such a load of guilt had been removed from me. Part of this lesson that I want to share today is that that's where I am today, but it's not at all where I started. While that baptism that took place so many years ago was that act of faith that put me into Christ, according to Galatians 3.27, was the culmination of what I had learned so far at that point. It's not the end, but rather it's the beginning of the journey. Isaiah's prophecy about being taught to walk in his paths, to walk in his ways, has everything to do with our belief, our confession, our repentance, and even our being baptized into Christ. But let's just break those down for just a moment. You see, our belief in Jesus is something that continues to grow. In fact, we're told, we're commanded to grow in grace and in the knowledge of His Word, 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. And so it's something that that faith, that initial faith that led us into those steps, to those next steps, We continue to grow in that faith. Our our confession of Christ being the Lord and Savior, being the very Son of God, was not a one shot deal, but rather it's a, a lifetime submission to the one that we call Lord and Savior, because He is now, we've made Him the ruler of our life, literally, the Lord of our life. Our repentance, that changing the direction of mind, once following sin, following the ways of the world and ultimately the devil's ways, now following the Lord's way, following truth, that which leads to life eternal. And, And in repentance, we made a decision to turn away from the past, from a past that was leading us away from God to now a turning unto God. But the thing is, I don't know day one magically what all that is even going to entail, what all that is going to mean. That's why I have to keep studying. That's why I have to keep growing in my faith. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And that's why daily I have to learn to deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. Luke 9 and verse 23, that is that daily confessing my Lord. And as I learn I change. Will I sin? Yes, I, I'm likely to, to mess up. I'm likely to make some missteps along the way, and I'm and I'm liable to do that partly because I haven't learned all of those things which I need to, to stop doing. But it also might be that I'm finding out now what sin is, and I'm also maybe finding out that maybe even I have a weak area, a problem area, we might call it, of sin, that's going to take a lot more work. But what I have to remember is I'm not alone. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, the Lord will make a way of escape for me, but I've got to keep studying. I've got to keep growing so that I know exactly what that is. The grace of God is involved also now in my life, and that helps me in knowing that I don't have to do it all on my own. I don't. I cannot just do it on my strength and relying just upon my knowledge and, and my wisdom. I'm trying my best now to follow the Lord's path, the Lord's way. I have to keep studying and keep growing. But even in that, I'm not alone. I have God. I have His house, the mountain of the Lord's house. Have you ever thought about that phrase? Doesn't it sound strong? The mountain of the Lord's house. You see, this journey in the Lord's mountain is an amazing one, but I'm not alone in it. What a blessing it is to truly know then that I'm not alone. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, in the context is alone, take heed lest he fall. There's no temptation taking you, overtaking you, but such as is common to man. And that phrase, God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able, will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You see this this journey is amazing but we're not alone in it and what a blessing that truly truly is you see no one is alone when we're with God and when we're in his household I hope that you will take this opportunity to thank the Lord for all that he has done for us to thank God for his unspeakable gift that He has given to us through His Son dying on the cross, but also for the church that His Son purchased with His own blood. How amazing is that, that we get to be a part of the family of God in that way. Thank you for spending your time with me in this study. In our next episode, we will meet at Truths Mountain and explore passages like John 8 and verse 32. Until we meet again, thank you so much for meeting me at the mountain, and may God continue to bless our journey up the mountain together. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.